How are we doing today, Wolfpack fans? This is Pack Center, your one-stop shop for all things Nevada sports. Like always, I'm your host, Austin Paschke, joined by my co-host, Tyler Seth. And this week was an interesting week, to say the least, for Wolfpack sports. Some of them did well, some of them did not so well whatsoever. And we're going to be we're going to be right here breaking it down for you guys. We had football who lost to Wyoming. We had some soccer as they're wrapping up their last games of the season. We have some volleyball, we have swimming and diving. And then we're going to recap or preview women's and men's basketball for their exhibition games coming up this week. It's going to be a great episode, guys, and stick with us. And we're back, ready to rumble, better than ever. Good, decent week. Yeah, I don't know about better than ever, but we definitely have better weeks here. A de- decent week for uh, Pack fans and Pack sports. Definitely have has been better, that is for sure. Let's start off with some soccer, though. I mean, a bright spot for um, Wolfpack fans this week. One and one this week. They are now four and thirteen on the season. Three and seven in conference. We are ranked 10th out of 12 teams in the Mountain West. So like we've said, not the best, but not the worst. And there are two worse teams out there than us. Heck yeah. That is our bright spot for uh, for soccer. We are not last. And like we said, we are better than the team down south. And that's always nice. Well, we played Colorado State this week to start off the one of two games. Tough overtime loss, though, in Mackey Stadium on Friday night. Nevada fell to Colorado State in the 93rd minute of overtime, losing the conference match 2-1. Prior to today's match, Nevada honored Audrey Barham, Emily Small, and Sarah Olanda for their senior night celebration. That was cool to see, to see them honored on senior night. Only 11 total shots in the first 45 minutes of play. In the second half, though, Colorado State pelted Kendall Stovall and the Nevada defense with shots on goal. But Stovall, being the great wall that she is, made seven saves with nine total on the night, keeping Nevada in the match. Kendall Stovall now ranks 19th in the countries in saves per game. That is a pretty cool stat. In the 80th minute, Lieb recorded her second goal of the season off a pass from Brown to give Nevada a 1-0 lead. Lieb chipped the ball up and over the keeper who was pushed far out of the goal and put her shot where absolutely no one could get for it and then the pack took the lead. However, just two quick minutes later, Colorado Rams leading goal scorer Kaylee Lorderman scored her ninth of the season to tie up the match. She recorded a game high 11 shots in the match, absolutely just destroying our defense. In the first overtime period, Lorderman gave the Rams the victory with her second goal of the game. In the 93rd minute, she drilled the ball into Stovall that slipped into the goal for the Colorado State win. So not the game you want to see if you're Pack fans or if you're part of the Pack soccer team, but they quickly, quickly bounced back against Wyoming on Sunday where we had our final home match of the season, a huge 2-1 victory to really, you know, kind of say... Goodbye to this season, to this home stretch, and uh, it was a nice way to get the win. We'll be able to close out this season traveling down south. Gabby Brown scored her team-high fourth goal of the season to tie the match in the second half. 
Hannah Souza scored under a minute later for the game-winning goal in the 74th minute as we were able to hold on. The Pack will play its final match of the regular season on Friday versus the Little Brothers down south. This contest will be live-streamed on the Mountain West Network. The first half was a defensive battle against the Wolfpack and Wyoming with only five shots on goal between the two teams. Nevada keeper Kendall Stovall recorded two of her nine saves in the second half. However, we got the PK later on, which Gabby Brown scored, making it 1-1 after Wyoming put them up 1-0 in the 55th minute. Less than a minute later, after Gabby Brown scored her goal, Souza found room down on the left side after being left alone and sprinted on a one-and-one with their keeper, giving us the 2-1 lead. The pack totaled seven shots in the contest with five on goal, with Brown and Lieb leading the way with two each. Nevada's contest against the Rebels will kick off at 7 p.m. on November 1st to conclude the 2019 regular season. So all in all, as the season is coming to an end for Wolfpack soccer, I think obviously we didn't do as well as we wanted to do, but next year I think is going to be a bright year. We have a really strong core coming back. We have a lot of young uh, girls that played this year, and then they're just going to be able to come back next year. And I think, I think even though this year is kind of lost, I think it's a good to look towards next year and see what kind of team we have. Yeah, I think with the with this soccer team in particular kind of showing their fight at the end of the season, you know. They're not going to roll over and just lay down for these last couple teams. You know, they played Colorado State very well. It was kind of a defensive game like we predicted. Both the goalies for both teams were incredible, and I'm pretty sure they were 1-2 and two in the Mountain West and saves right now. And then against Wyoming, I mean, we claw back after being down 1-0 and score two goals pretty quickly to kind of get the momentum back and then just hold on to that for the rest of the game. So it's really good to see them kind of push their way through and, you know, keep pushing and pursuing for victories, even though this season is kind of a lost cause. Uh, but I agree with you. Looking forward to next season, we have a lot of core talent coming back, a lot of young talent that has proven themselves this season. And who knows, maybe even next year we have some more young talent that kind of steps up with Gabby Brown, with Kendall Stovall. So it's a really fun team to watch right now because they are so young. Um, obviously, getting a win down south would be amazing to end the season kind of going two and three in your last three game, or excuse me two and one in your last three games would be absolutely incredible to kind of finish off on a high note but I agree I think this team has got a really really bright future yeah it'll be interesting to watch next year as the Wolfpack take the field but I agree with your point in ending the season on a high note instead of losing to the team down south they are the worst in the league so hopefully we'll be able to take advantage of that and beat the little brothers down south on friday but moving on to swimming and diving we have a very very great weekend to recap victoria samula a sophomore member of the women's swim and dive team was named the wolfpack athlete of the week following her performance in the dual meets against fresno state and then against uc davis the Lublin Poland native swept her individual events on both days, winning the 100 and 200 breaststroke and being a member of the winning 200 medley relay against UC Davis. Samula won the 100 breast with a time of 1 minute and 2 seconds and then the 200 breast with a time of 2 minutes and 15 seconds against Fresno State helping the pack win. 179 to 102 wasn't even close. Nevada is now 4-0 in dual meets and has one invitational win of the year over Washington State, San Diego State, and Idaho. Up next for the pack, 
They meet the Broncos of Boise State in Reno, Nevada on Saturday, November 2nd at 11 a.m. for the final dual meet until the Phil Hansel Invitational. Swimming and diving, like we've been saying, absolutely solid for the Wolfpack this year. 4-0 already with dual meets. I mean, are, are they going to be able to, like, do they lose a meet at all this season or do we just keep rolling the table? The way it's looking right now, it's we're just absolutely demolishing teams and teams that we're going to see in the Mountain West. I don't want to put the pressure on them, say we go perfect in meets, but I think it's an attainable goal for this team. I mean, they've been the best year in and year out in the Mountain West for four or five years now, so it's really good to see them. It's kind of that bright spot that will always be shining in Nevada athletics for a little bit longer, and I think kind of hearing some interviews and some articles that people have written about swimming and dive, you know, their team is really close-knit, and they all just want to see each other succeed. In practice, they're pushing each other in and out of the pool. So it's really nice to kind of see that where you have a team that's really coming together from a lot of different places. We see a lot of international players on this team, a lot of people from California, here in Reno, um, up and down the kind of West Coast. So it's really cool to see all these different cultures and people come together and really form this kind of family bond that swimming and diving has. It will be fun to watch this team as the season goes on and see if they do eventually lose, like you said, that's a lot of pressure to put on a team. Yeah. But they are absolutely killing it right now. I mean, haven't lost yet and doesn't look like they're going to be slowing down anytime soon. So it'll be fun to see what they do on Saturday, November 2nd at 11 a.m. when they take on Boise State. But, I mean, I think they're going to keep winning. I think, I mean, that was such a lopsided uh, win against Fresno State, 179-102. to 102. We'll see if they can do that again on Saturday and we will keep you guys updated. But moving on to a team that's definitely surprised me in a not-so-good way is volleyball. We have dropped five in a row now. We have slipped to seventh place in conference. We are four and six in conference play. And now it's looking like the window for postseason play is shutting. We need to almost like win out, beat Colorado State, we, who we lost to with our last match. And it's not looking too good for volleyball. We still have faith just because of how well we did in the non-conference. But now I pose the question was, is Lee Nelson and the volleyball group, did they put together a too easy non-conference schedule for them to be just be blowing by everyone? And then now once conference hits, we're um, losing five in a row. Yeah, I think that's a good question because when we talked to Coach Nelson, that was kind of a, one of our points is kind of non-conference and how well they were doing and how that would translate. And he was very confident in saying that, you know, he thought that the non-conference really built up the team and kind of gave them confidence and, you know, had them playing really well in non-conference. But looking at it now, I kind of agree with that point is it might have been a too easy non-conference. Granted, we did play some good teams that are doing really well this year in volleyball, um, but then we played some really not so good teams. So maybe that level of expectation for our team and our opponents kind of was a little miscued uh, in that sense. But yeah, it's just kind of disappointing to see they lose to Wyoming this past week and then a loss to Colorado State, which was a tough game anyway. It was nationally ranked Colorado State. So it's really tough to see the girls kind of ending their season like this. Hopefully they can turn it around with the last couple matches of the season. I know we have a couple big ones coming up this week. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can bounce back now. Um, and then maybe kind of open that window for postseason play a little bit more. But I agree with you. I think it's closing pretty fast, and they got to uh, do some big changes to make it back, come back open. Yeah, the season's not totally over. I mean, we have eight more games, but we have lost five in a row, like we said, to Air Force, one to three. University of New Mexico, two sets to three. UNLV, one set to three. Wyoming getting swept three to zero. 
and then Colorado State University getting swept 3-0 to zero as well. So not the best that we've been playing, but there's a lot of room to grow. We have eight more games left, and we'll see how the team does then. And then diving into a very disappointing week. Let's just be real. We're going to keep it short and simple this week. Football is disappointing. So I, have, I see some people saying that it might be the worst offensive performance this group, worst offensive group that, the, uh, that uh, Wolfpack Nation has seen in a very long time. We continue to get blown out in losses. I think it's like 150-something points to 20-something points that we're getting outscored by in the past in, a, in all of our losses combined, it's just not good. And when we lose, we lose big. And it seems like our offense completely goes south. On Saturday, we lost 31-3 to to Wyoming. Fifty, We went 50% on thirds down, 9-18. That was kind of something that we wanted to see improve going into the game. Um, revolving door quarterback keeps revolving. We saw both Carson and Christian at QB on Saturday. I just don't know what else to say about this team, man. It's It's disappointing from a pack fans perspective just because this offense is uh, underperforming so much and I think that there has a lot of potential for this team and we sit at the same spot we were last year four and four going into the later part of the season but now it's we play a different rest of the schedule than we did last season I mean last season we're four and four because we played Fresno State uh, we played Boise we played these really good teams and now we're going we play New Mexico coming on Saturday but we have Fresno State and San Diego State after that two very hard teams before going down south or before playing the southern team up here so I just don't see us winning enough games to put us in bowl eligibility especially because how the offense is playing yeah I mean we heard that question was posed to I think all three members in today's presser Uh, we saw Quentin talk and then we saw Christian or sorry Carson along with coach Norvell I think that question was posed you know, it's the same four and four kind of spot you were in last year. How does this differ? And coming from a player's perspective, obviously, Quentin being the guy that he is, really positive guy, trying to keep the team up. But right now, it doesn't look good. I mean, we're in a much different four and four, if you ask me. Yeah. Quentin even said it himself. He said the Boise State game was a close game uh, when they played last year in Boise. Uh, it was a close game where we maybe could have won, but it just didn't go our way. And then that um, San Diego, the uh, San Diego State game was kind of a game that we had a couple things not go our way. But in those games, we played pretty decent football, and we just haven't seen that from the group, especially our offensive group. A couple of our keys was the our offensive line needs to play better, and then we need to stop their offensive line. Both those were big no's. Our offensive line led up three, four sacks four in sacks, this game. Yeah. Just really not seeing a push. Toa couldn't get anything going. Right. Uh, Devontae Lee had one pretty good 20-yard run, and then other than that, his other touches were you know, kind of going nowhere. So it is really, you know, hard to see us in this rut. And it feels like the consistency isn't there. It's been a word that we've harped on and coaches and players have harped on. So it's just kind of in this cycle of we need to get better and then we get blown out. And then everyone's saying we need to get better again at the Monday presser. It's just kind of this cycle that we really need to break this week. Yeah, it's very disappointing from a pack fan's perspective of how this team is playing because there's so much hype going into the season of, you know, maybe we'll be able to um, reach another bowl game and, you know, eight wins is, seems doable with our schedule. But now it's it seems like it's out the window. Um, they'd have to win out to get to eight. They have to win at least two more games, if not three, to even make a bowl game. So I'd I just don't see how this team's going to do it, especially with how they've been playing. It looks like everyone's lost out there. It looks like 
the team truly just isn't together and they can't get it going. But, I mean, the offensive woes keep going. 81 yards on the ground, 2.9 yards per rush. Toa ran the ball 11 times or 21 yards. Uh, that was just embarrassing to watch. And then Devontae Lee, like you said, ran three times for 38 yards. Only 28 total rushing attempts on the game. Well, we were losing a lot. We had to pass the ball, which kind of makes sense. But still, we like to see the run game get going, especially because that is our strong suit. 254 yards in the air. Carson had an all right game, actually. He went 26 for 40, 247 yards and one INT. He was sacked three times. Christian Solano went one for five for seven yards, and he was sacked once. Uh, Romeo Dubs had a big day, five receptions for 98 yards. But actually, the leader in receptions was Melquan Stovall, who is the true star or the true freshman out of Palmdale, three-star recruit. He had a lot of promise coming into the year, and uh, now he's showing it. He can actually he led the team. I think it was seven receptions he had in the game, so that's good to see. But absolutely um, just horrible on offense. We just couldn't put the ball in the end zone. It seems like we get to the red zone and we settle for a field goal, which, again, didn't didn't go our way. Brandon Talton missed one. Very sad day for Pack fans. Usually that's our like high point is like, you know what? Offense can't score, so let's just put Brandon out there. Yeah. And then uh, he went one for two, so even that wasn't a bright spot. He moved down now, I think, uh, to 18th in the FBS in field goal percentage. The Our longest drive was 12 plays for five minutes. That's it. I mean, it just seemed like three and out after three and out after three and out. Even after the Burdell Robbins uh, pick, it was three and out. I mean, our, our defense isn't, our defense is bailing us out and we still can't convert. I mean, after punt after punt, we're giving them such good field position. It's like, obviously they're gonna score. Our defense is out there for, you know, our defense gets a three-play break, basically, after you're working their ass off, stopping this offense, and we, we don't care. Our offense is like, here, no, we don't care. We're going to get you guys back on the field in three plays. And, um, I mean, it's just sad. It's sad from effort. It's sad from coaching. It's sad on everyone's part. And I don't know if they're going to be able to wake up. Yeah, I don't know. When we, you heard um, today, you heard Carson Strong kind of talking about the offensive woes, and he was harping on it as well, how the defense is on the field way too much. They need to extend drives. They need to execute on offense. And then confidence was a word that was thrown out a lot in this press conference. And it's something from when I hear Carson Strong talk, he doesn't look like he has confidence at all. He looks defeated. Quinton was kind of, you know, the happy guy. He kind of brought up the mood a little bit. And then when Coach Novell, who was first, was talking, he even looks kind of defeated at this point in the season. It's not a good sight to see for a Wolfpack football fan. Uh, especially when, like you said, we had so much hype going into the season, and now it's we are playing not even mediocre football no. anymore. It's it's bad football. It's bad. It's we're giving Wyoming the ball in the fifty, yep. you know, a bunch of times, and then that's an easy fifty-yard drive for them. Uh, you see, you know, even their backup Tyler Vanderwall, who yep. had a pretty decent game. He had a touchdown pass on the day. Chambers also had a decent day in the air uh, with one fifty-eight and two touchdowns. So I mean, we're getting beat in almost all facets of the game. We used to kind of have a special teams. We were talking about that in the beginning of the season, how our special teams has really kind of been the solid spot, even though if our offense was struggling, Quinton could kind of pin them deep in their own territory. We're not seeing that anymore. So it's really kind of falling quick and fast for this football team. And some drastic change is going to have to happen. I don't know from where or if what this team needs a kick in the butt, but yep. it's going to happen. have to happen this week 
or I think the rest of the season is lost. Yeah, they, they talked about confidence, having we need confidence, we need this and that, but it's just not working out. But yeah, I mean, the offense, I mean, they just don't look like they have anything figured out. It looks like they're just going out there and running some random plays and then hoping our defense is going to bail us out. Uh, one for three in the red zone, that one coming from Brandon Tallon's field goal. Just not what we want to see. More injuries are plaguing us. Daniel Brown still isn't cleared. Um, Malik still is out with the, the academic problems. And um, just I just don't know what we're going to be able to see from the rest of the season from this football team. Come Saturday, we have a little nickname that we're going to call the, the game, and we'll, we'll break that down on Friday. But if we don't get a win against New Mexico this season, I think, in my opinion, is shot, if not already. But, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I just... As a Pack fan, I still have hope, but it is um, it is definitely dwindling away very quickly. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, 100%. If we lose this New Mexico game to arguably the worst team in the Mountain West, yep. uh, the season is over. I think even if we win, but it's a close game, I think it's still kind of over in, in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you have to beat this team handily. They were down at halftime to Hawaii by 30-something points. Hawaii beat them by 50 um, so this team is not good. Granted, Hawaii is a good Mountain West team this year. Um, New Mexico State is not good. We should kill them, but like we said, we honestly don't know right now. Right. Uh, full breakdown coming on Friday per usual, but it's going to have a lot of Wolfpack fans thinking about kind of the future of this team moving forward. Which is really sad, too, because we've been struggling so much with the attendance problem. We've been struggling with the whole, like, what's their identity? And just for Pack fans, we just want to see them win. And uh, we have yet to see that. And I don't know if we're going to be able to see it this year, maybe next year. But how – I don't think the seat is necessarily hot for Jay. But how hot is the seat for Matt Mummy and the offensive play calling – just how it's been the entire year and just how our offensive production has been so low that something obviously needs to change. Yeah, and I don't know if, you know, you heard Carson, who was kind of asked that question in an indirect way. He was asked if the play calling needs to get better or the execution, and you see him kind of shoot that down right away that it's their fault. He needs to have more accountability for his actions, make better decisions, and it all starts with him. And it kind of sounded like he was kind of one of those just kind of scripted things where, you know, I'm going to take this and kind of put the hot seat off of Matt Mummy. But I agree. I mean, it's something that needs to be addressed if things don't turn around in the next couple of weeks. I think this offseason is going to be really interesting for a lot of coaching changes. I agree with you. I don't think Jay Novell is in a super hot seat right now. I think it's getting a little warm, but it's not hot. I think Matt Mummy is kind of sitting on that really yeah. hot throne right now where he needs to turn this around or it's going to be a long off season for the pack. But yeah, I agree. I think it's, you know, Carson trying to take responsibility, but then again, it's kind of what you're supposed to do as a player in front of some media. So it's interesting to watch. Yeah. It seemed all a little too scripted. It seemed, I don't know. It just seems like there's no, there's no drive for the team. And, and uh, that's sad to see because I think that's something that Jay Norvell is really good at is pumping up the team and getting them, you know, to, to compete at the highest level. And it seems like now there's just no, um, there's no heart and there's no, you know, leadership to where someone's yelling at them saying like, let's actually go, let's, let's get these last four games. But like we, like you said, we'll see, and we'll see how we play on Saturday. But for now, we are going to move on to some men's and women's basketball. Mm-hmm. 
Alrighty, women's and men's basketball. It's finally that great time of the year, man. I mean, the weather starts changing. It's a little cold on campus. Um, being from California, I'm not the best with the cold. We don't like the cold as much as people here. Um, so as the weather starts turning, there's a good part about the cold coming in. That is basketball season, like we've been touching on. And uh, it's starting back up again. Men's, they already had their first exhibition game. But both the men's and women's team have an exhibition coming up on Wednesday, October 30th. Uh, man, I'm excited for this one. Uh, it'll be really cool to see both of them play. Uh, women's game starts at 5, and then the men's game starts at 7.30. So really cool thing. If you don't want to pay for any basketball game um, coming up for this exhibition, if you want to go to the men's and women's on the 30th for free, all you got to do is come before 5.30 and admission is free. And then, wink, wink, they're not checking tickets in between games. So you can come at before 5.30, watch the women's game, watch them take on William Jessup, and then stay for free uh, for the men's exhibition game against Colorado Christian. So it's a pretty cool double header coming up Wednesday, October 30th at Lawler Event Center. What are you looking forward to in these two exhibition games? Well, I mean, we'll start with the women first off. This is going to be our first chance to see our women's basketball team playing an exhibition game. Uh, what squad they got going this year, uh, potential starting lineup, and just how Amanda Levins has prepared them this offseason. Um, so it should be a fun one. I'm actually, I'm actually really excited to take a look at this women's basketball team because I think, like we've been talking about, the the youth that we saw last season has now had another offseason to grow as, as players. So it's going to be interesting to watch them this season how they really play against a decent William Jessup team who uh, looked pretty good last year, uh, made it into a tournament. So it's going to be really interesting. And then the men, obviously, what do they do coming out differently? We kind of heard Alfred uh, today talk about some different strategies and different drills they've been running, some stuff they saw in the first exhibition game that they like to clean up. But, yeah, really interesting to kind of see these both these teams play and then uh, really get a good look at both basketball teams coming up this season. I'm just excited to see basketball finally back on campus after a long offseason, after a disappointing year for the men's team, even though, I mean, it's a great record and great what they did. I mean, went to the uh, NCAA tournament. Just overall, though, kind of just disappointing from the from the skill side of it and from the talent point of view. But Wednesday should be a lot of fun. Members of the Starting Five Club will receive free admission to the games. Starting Five members who have not yet picked up their lanyard or Starting Five gift will be able to pick them up in the Dolan Lexus Starting Five Lounge come Wednesday. The lounge will be open at 4 p.m. through halftime of the men's game. And then the Center Court members will be able to pick up Center Court membership gift in the Dolan Lexus Starting Five Lounge during the games. The lounge will be open at 4 p.m. through halftime of the men's game as well. But in between the two games, it'll be really cool. The women's team will be changing into Halloween costumes, actually, and signing autographs, handing out ca candy from the upper concourse. The activities on the concourse will begin approximately at 7 p.m. Uh, the women's team, of course, opens the regular season on November 5th, hosting St. Mary's at 3 p.m. The men will host Utah that same night at 7.30, so again, another doubleheader to open up the season. I'm excited to see the men play against Colorado Christian. They are a D2 school. Uh, they won six games last year in D2. They're definitely not the best talent that we'll be facing, so I'm interested to see how the team's going to play against a team that they know they should beat and um, you know what kind of lineup we're going to play. I think 
uh, Alfred said again today that he's going to go with the two bigs, the Twin Towers down low with John Carlos and KJ. Um, but I just want to see, you know, how everyone's going to play. I think Robbie Robinson is back, but Eric Parrish, I think, is still getting held out. Um, we'll see when he comes back. But, I mean, seeing Rob Robbie for the first time will be cool. And just seeing how, you know, we play against a team that we know we should beat and probably a team we know we should kill. And uh, I'm excited to see how that game goes. Yeah, I think for, especially talking about the men's, talking about how we should beat them and probably destroy them. For me personally, I'm kind of looking for a quicker first half start than what we saw uh, in the first exhibition game. Definitely. Obviously, Cal State East Bay came out playing really good defense. Uh, and we honestly didn't shoot the ball. We missed a couple of wide open layups, uh, a couple of open shots that didn't go in. So, firstly, I'd like to see us start very well, you know, because that was something last year that we had issues with for the basketball team as well as slow starts and then second half adjustments. Yeah. We want to kind of see that turn into, you know, more pregame rituals and pregame adjustments, some better scouting maybe on the other teams. But so, first half, I'd like to see us get out the blocks quick, especially against a D2 team who won six games. This shouldn't be a contest. It should be a blowout, but the boys got to come to play as well. Yeah, I mean, if we, if this is a close game or they somehow upset us, it is only an exhibition game, so obviously it means zero. But, I mean, it kind of means a lot to the to the ideas and to, in the minds of fans and in the minds of the, of the team that's like, okay, yeah, this this is a D2 team that's pretty pretty bad, and uh, if they beat us – then we need we have some work to do and i i think they do have some work to do just looking at the first exhibition game but it'll be interesting to, to watch and see how they really do maybe zane meeks will go two for two and double doubles that'll be pretty cool to watch but ultimately just seeing how this team does will be interesting and then the women's team takes on william jessup they have already played an exhibition game william jessup beat pacific union college 79 to 59 William Jessup went 20 and 11 last year with an 11 and 7 record in conference play. They made it to the NAIA tournament where they lost in the first round. I'm excited to see what this women's team does under Coach Levens. And in the interview that we had with her, she seemed really excited about the start of the season. And I think we have a bunch of new talent that fans haven't really seen yet. So this exhibition game will be really cool to see, you know, how they do in front of the fans for the first time. And uh, ultimately, just see how the team meshes together because I think we have a lot of talent. But uh, this first game, we should definitely beat William Jessup. They are a lesser squad. Their their squad's not nearly as good as ours. But just to see how we play against another team, not our own, and see how you know this year's going to go, will be interesting to see in the first night. Yeah, I mean, again, our first look at this women's team with, like you were saying, a lot of the transfers that have come in, plus the returning a lot of returning freshmen that are now sophomores, kind of looking to get some minutes in this game. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch because, like you said, first time playing in front of a big crowd when the team is all together, you maybe have some you know jitters here and there first night playing in front of what should be a pretty decent crowd at Lawler because of kind of those promotions we got going on mm-hmm. on that day. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a good look for the Amanda 11 squad. I do think we should win that game as well, but I think the girls really just need to you know settle down and start making some plays here and there. Uh, we saw last season it was kind of sporadic between you know the wins and the losses. Uh, consistency would be a good thing to start seeing, uh, even in the first exhibition game. But just keep in mind the jitters and everything. You know it's a first game for a lot of uh, these girls playing in the Nevada uniform, so it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to that, and then um, just how we kind of play together as a unit as well. Definitely, I think I think it's going to be a great year. Uh, it'll be a good first look at this women's team. See what they can do on the court in front of fans at Lawler, which will be cool. 
Uh, get there early and you won't have to pay anything for two great games of basketball. That will be cool. A little tidbit that I thought was interesting in this in the interview with Coach uh, Alford today was that Jalen Harris had um, he he said that not the greatest of games in his first game and he secretly put up what was it, like 22 points, 21 points, something like that. I'm wondering what the ceiling is for Jalen Harris because if he is everything that they say he is. Uh, 21 points in a quiet game where he said, or what Coach Alford said, uh, he didn't really feel comfortable and he, he was still trying to get it going offensively. I'm just wondering what the ceiling is for him because he kind of reminds me of a Caleb Martin to where he can just score on all facets of the game and I think he's going to be our go-to guy going into the season. Yeah, I think when he gets hot, he's going to be very, very dangerous this year. Um, I don't think there's a lot of people that can guard him one-on-one, especially in the Mountain West. Uh, it's going to be a tough call for whoever gets that number um, on any given night when we're playing. Um, but yeah, Jalen Harris, someone to definitely look out for. And that kind of surprised me too when he talked about he wasn't really in his groove in right. the second half where we really see him explode and kind of bust out a lot of points um, in a quick time period, honestly. And then uh, making difficult shots too. There was a couple of pull-up jumpers he made with hands in his face, shots from three that he made with hands in his face. So it's going to be really fun to watch. I think he's going to be kind of the guy I agree to lead us in scoring but also kind of be a leader on this team as well I agree and men's women's team like we've been saying on Wednesday October 30th uh, the men's get their second look of action the women's are just opening up the season with their exhibition game be fun to watch get there early you won't have to pay for any basketball at all you'll get in for free and you'll be able to enjoy some Halloween and uh, see see some good basketball so doors open at four uh, women's game starts at 5, and then the men's game starts at 7.30. Don't miss it, guys. But keeping in that same kind of mindset with basketball, uh, just real quick, I want to touch on how cool it is to see the Twins playing together in the NBA. Uh, they were the f- they're the first ever rookie-twin duo in the NBA history to play alongside each other. Um, a couple Twins, I guess, have done it before, but not in their rookie season. That's pretty interesting to see them go to the same team, play in their home uh, state, and kind of put on for the uh, Charlotte Hornets. So just a quick tidbit, guys, keep in keep on track and uh, watch the Martin Twins because they're doing some cool things over there. They're not getting the most playing time, but it's cool that they're still playing you know, along next to each other and playing in the NBA, which is something that at least I've never seen before. It's kind of really unique. Yeah, I think uh, a couple nights ago we see them for the first time share the court, which was yeah. kind of cool. Uh, you kind of hear the announcers and as Nevada fans we can obviously tell the difference between Caleb's leg sleeve and Cody's arm sleeve and you kind of hear the Hornets announcers trying to explain to all the crowd you know their numbers and then the different kind of tendencies and um, accessories that they wear I guess you would say but yeah really cool to see them playing on the same team just obviously all wishes all best wishes to the Martin twins hopefully they get some more playing time as the year goes on and they can really prove themselves and we obviously have seen firsthand what they've done and what they can do on a basketball court so it's really cool to see that kind of translate to the next level and then wrapping up the episode jj marino if you guys have been a fan of pack center for a little bit you understand that we interviewed uh jj over the summer this year uh, as he was taking in his first fight uh, as a Reno native. He, of course, won his first fight, and he just fought again uh, last Saturday. He fought in his second professional fight, fighting Sean Cervini, with the fight going all four rounds and a decision. Moreno walked away a winner, winning unanimously 40 
to 36 on the scorecard. Uh, it's great to see JJ doing some good stuff. I mean, when he was on the podcast, he seemed really driven and really like, you know, motivated to start his career. And you know, he's two and zero now. And I think the sky's the limit with this kid. I think I think he has truly has a young and a bright future. And just from it, our interview alone, you could see how driven he is. And now he's two and zero. And I think. I mean, that's a great thing for JJ. Yeah, I mean, a really a really cool guy, really down-to-earth guy when we sat down and talked to Definitely. him. Definitely. You know, he's, you know, even got good um, comparisons in the boxing world. You see a lot of boxing, I guess, boxing professional, mm-hmm. the people who cover boxing professionally. Um, they're really high on him as well. So really good, cool to see. He fought in Reno last Saturday as well. So, again, another home fight for the hometown kid. But, yeah, honestly, uh, really cool to see. And then we'll obviously be keeping track of him as he takes his next fight and starts preparing. Um, so hopefully he can go 3-0. Definitely. Hopefully he can go 3-0. Maybe we'll have him on the podcast again for another interview, which will be kind of cool. Uh, but just shout-out to JJ. Keep doing your thing, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to go 3-0 in his next fight. But last, definitely not least, we have this week's Pack Player of the Week, which we remember to do this week. Barely. Barely, which is great. We remember to do it after so many weeks of not doing it. Um, we didn't have... The most choices, I feel like, um, no one on football really did well. Basketball didn't obviously didn't play. Uh, I wish we could have done the swimming and diving, but we got that notification a little later, and they were still playing on Sunday. But we had some good, uh, we had some good players in this one. Sam Harn, who of course tied for second in the Stockton Pacific Invitational, Anastasia Gorbacheva, who advanced to the semifinals of the ITA Mountain Regional, and then Sydney Peterson, who held a 0.357 kill percentage against Colorado State, helping volleyball to, um, I mean, that great start, and then now hoping to get it back on track. But with 56% of the votes, kind of ran away with this one. Yeah, a little bit. Was, drum roll please, boom, Sydney Peterson, who ran away with the vote. So congrats to Sydney on winning this week's Pack Player of the Week. Hopefully volleyball will be able to turn it around, and maybe Sydney will be able to get it next week. Or someone else, and maybe Kayla Foe or some other volleyball player. Hopefully, hopefully they can turn things around and get get the season righted a little bit. Uh, any last thoughts as we wrap up the episode? Another kind of down week for Pack Sports. Just kind of keep following and keep supporting. Um, a lot of tough games have been played this week, and um, this upcoming week, this next week is a whole new week. So hopefully we can see some sports like volleyball turn it around, and then. Obviously, hopefully soccer can finish strong. Quick shout-out also to swimming and diving. Absolutely killing it like we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, so hopefully they can keep it rolling. Um, just try to end this fall season on a kind of a hot stretch would be um, a really nice thing to see from uh, for PAC fans. Definitely, and a lot of opportunity for PAC sports to get better as the week goes on. We have a lot of games to be played, a lot of matches to be played, and we will be able to update you on all that come Friday. And uh, thank you guys so much for giving us your time. And like always, let's go pack.